0: Welcome to We Turned Out Okay. That sound you hear in the background is one of the sounds to me of true summer. It's the sound of crickets at night. And it always makes me think of sitting out under the big sky in a field with the moon high up in the, you know, sailing high up in the air. And today is a a special episode of We Turned Out Okay, The Modern Parent's Guide to Old School Parenting. And if it's your first visit here, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome to you as well. Uh, today, I wanted to bring you some of my favorite sounds of summer. And to do that, I've got some really kind of different and special parts of today's show. One one biggie is uh, a good friend of mine did something really neat with her family this summer and we had an interview about this thing that they did before they went and then we had an interview about it when they got home and today i get to bring those interviews to you she learned a lot during this thing that they did and um i know you'll learn a lot listening to her share about it and i think there's a lot of life lessons in in what they did and what they what they learned So that's kind of the big meat of this episode, is there's a couple of, you know, really great interviews with my friend. And then the other parts of the episode are some recordings I took when I went camping on one of our camping trips this summer. I got to, we got to go camping with some friends, quite a few friends, and I got to ask some of them about some favorite summer memories, and my incredible producer, Benjamin Culp, 18-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, has kind of interspersed some of these childhood favorite stories with uh, the two-part interview with my friend. So interspersed in the episode, you'll hear a friend sharing a story, and then you'll hear this longer interview and then another friend sharing a story and it'll kind of go on like that. And I just think I'm really excited that you're here because I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So we can get started with that real soon. But before we do, I wanted to share with you some exciting changes that are coming to We Turned Out Okay. I love podcasting. Podcasting is turning into like one of my favorite things that I do in my life. And part of the reason that I love it is because it's helping you. It's helping my listeners in their daily lives with their kids and with the struggles that we all have as we're trying to raise kids and keep our sanity. And I was, I've was been noticing that, that the episodes that really resonate with people um, are more often episodes where, It's a just you and me episode where I'm saying, uh, you know, where we're talking about how to how to stop siblings from fighting, how to stop sibling rivalry or some something basically where I'm sharing a tool for you to use in your in your daily life. Or sometimes like I'll do a series of them, like the one that I did about helping your child cope with the challenges that life brings. There were four tips. There were four uh, ways to help. And those are the episodes that seem to really be resonating that I get a lot of feedback on and stuff like that. And the guest episodes, which are just also incredibly useful and fun and very valid, there aren't as many takeaway tools. And so what we decided to do about this is to include the weeks that there are guest episodes. In other words, every other week we're replacing, we're taking out the blog post that used to appear on Thursdays and we're replacing it with another podcast episode it's called Your Child Explained. And I think sometimes there will be Q&A, like I'd love to get into, um, into really helping you with your situation, with your personal situation. So if you have a question about something that your child is doing that's driving you crazy, please get in touch with me. Email me at karen at com or go to com slash contact. You can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook. So friend me on Facebook, Karen Locke Culp. Instagram, I'm at we Turned Out Okay, and Twitter, I am at Stone Age Techie. And ask your question, because Q&As are some of the best ways to help, immediately help a lot of people. If you ask your question, a lot of people are going to be saying, oh my God, that's exactly the question that I had, and or some similar situation. That, that they have that you could you could really be helping other parents besides yourselves if you send me in a Q&A. So anyway, some Your Child Explained will be, will be Q&As. But I think also oftentimes they will be, and this is what I'm really excited about, they will pertain to the guest episode that took place on Tuesday. So for instance, this coming Tuesday, September the 1st, I'm really excited because I'm bringing you an interview with a woman who is a declutterer she is famous for decluttering people's closets and people's lives and she's worked on some she's worked with some really interesting people she's she's helped set up political campaigns or declutter political campaigns she's helped declutter restaurants so that like uh, you know the restaurant can run more smoothly and bring people the food that they're famous for better And she's worked for the New York Times. She's advised the New York Times on decluttering. I mean, isn't that amazing? That's such a cool thing. So I'm bringing her, I'm bringing you her episode, her interview on Tuesday. And there will definitely be some takeaways for you in that episode about how to declutter your life, how to get, we all have closets full of stuff, or at least a lot of us do, unless we're really further along the timeline of kind of enlightenment, certainly than I am. And anyway, um, but I wanted to give you a tool or, or maybe a few tools that you could use in your daily life that have to do with your child and decluttering. So the Your Child Explained episode for next week, it'll come out on Thursday and it will be a, an explanation, a look into your child's head about what what does decluttering mean for them? Like, does it mean that you're taking away a favorite toy or, or even if it isn't a favorite toy, it's really hard. Like a, you know, even if they haven't picked up that toy or that stuffed animal in a long, long time, maybe they will really freak out if you want to, if you want to declutter and share it with someone else. Right. I mean, I think we've all seen this. Sometimes my kids had trouble with giving up sneakers that they couldn't wear anymore because they were too small or they were uh you know tattered and 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 broken but they didn't want to give up those sneakers they didn't want to wear the new sneakers so anyway that's what the your child explained episodes will be like they will follow guest episodes so it'll it'll kind of go like this there'll be a guest episode then there'll be on Tuesday right and then there'll be a your child explained on Thursday and then there will be a just you and me episode the following Tuesday and then the, the following Tuesday, we'll be back to a guest episode, and it'll repeat in that cycle. Because as much as I enjoyed blogging, I really feel that the podcasting is what is what I love, love, love to do. I really feel like I'm connecting with you with podcasting. And using my voice in this way to help you makes me feel so good. I feel like fulfilled because... I'm helping, I'm helping you. And, and in doing that, I'm kind of helping myself. And uh, anyway, so that's what's coming up in the fall. And today I'm really excited because we have this one last kind of golden day of summer, where we get to listen to some great summer stories and learn a few things about what summer has to teach us. And just, I don't know, kind of look back on it and think, ah, that's, that's what summer means to me. So here we go. Enjoy. I'm here on the beach with my friend Deb Fate Mental, and we are looking out at the gorgeous water, and we are watching the kayakers and the kids, and there's this awesome huge floating log that is like cracking us up, and the kids keep playing with it, and so far nobody's gotten hit with it, which is really good. And my question for my friend Deb is, what what are your summer memories? I don't know. Any summer memories you got?
1: Okay, well, I'll start with one of my favorite things about summer and favorite summer summer memories is about 20 years ago, I moved up here to New England from the Midwest, and I love the ocean and the beach because it's something we certainly don't have in the Midwest, and I just love the sun and the beach and the waves and the wind. It's like you get all four elements all at once. It's so fabulous.
0: I love that, too. I love. The, I could look at the ocean and listen to the ocean all day. And never move from it. Do you have any specific like beachy memories like of the ocean or?
1: Um when I first moved up here we used to go down to Cape Cod a lot and on the outer capes to see the really big waves and that was really fabulous. And then of course when we had kids we would end up in more um, inland beaches and up in Rhode Island, kind of up the Siconate River and a little beach called Sandy Point and the girls loved it. They would get really little gentle waves, and they could just learn to play in the water and not be afraid of the water, and we had a lovely time. We still go there.
0: That's so cool. We I'm just remembering um, I never knew about tide pools until I was married with children. Like, have you ever hung out in tide pools?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my husband and I used to go up to Maine sometimes, and that's a fabulous place for tide pools. We'd go and find a lot of fun little things, and that's kind of the beach down in Rhode Island's like that. Um, there's some rocks that really get exposed at low tide, and we can see all kinds of little critters in there, and it creates little tide pools, and we could go look for stuff, and we would take the nets and catch hermit crabs. It was really fun.
0: That is awesome. That's so awesome. There's a beach in Maine. Um, what's it called? It's, it's near—no, it's not in Maine. I'm sorry. It's on the Cape, and it's right—it's across, across from Nossett Beach. So it's like in Brewster or one of those little towns, and it's on the bay side, and when the tide goes out, it goes out like a mile. And you can, there's this rock, there's this rock that, that is like five feet tall. And then it's completely covered. It's so, so cool. Have you, have you ever been there?
1: No, I don't and think I've so seen that. At least not that, that specific true. rock. I've been down in the Cape when the tide's really gone out like that. And you can go out so far. And then you have to make sure you get back in when the tide comes back in. But yeah.
0: That's exactly it. You, ha- you do have to make sure about that. Well, thanks, Deb. It's been nice talking. Right
1: Thank you. Likewise. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. I'm super excited to share today's guest with you. What with her background in journalism and her being mom to two kids, it is no wonder that she makes a fantastic multimedia editor for the statewide Massachusetts Monthly, Bay State Parent. I hope to talk about what that is like today, but I'm also excited to talk to my guest about something big that she and her family are planning this summer. It's their first RV trip. I'm so excited to have this conversation today, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Heather Kemsky.
2: Welcome, Heather. What an introduction! Thank you, Karen.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome. You sound great. The level sound. We're doing good here. Good. We're we've been geeking out a little bit over equipment and dogs, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, actually, I should say actually at the very beginning of this, if if you listening out there hear. Barking—it's because we have adopted two adorable puppies.
2: They're so and- cute, <laughs>
0: and so they're, cute. They're upstairs, and um, you know, they've only been in the house like less than forty-eight hours, and they—they they totally might. We might hear them on this podcast, and if we do, we're going to accept it and move on because I don't have a soundproof room yet. Karen, you're like a dog
2: whisperer. Oh, you, we went up there, and they were—they were very excited to see a new person, and you settled them down very quickly. Oh, good. I'm glad. So to hear I'm going to bring my pug here, and she can live here. <laughs>
0: i don't have that same touch no it's it's um i think it's just coming from yesterday like we just spent i spent all day upstairs in my living room um except for the hour that uh, i said to the kids listen i'm gonna go downstairs and get some work done will you guys will you hang with them and and they were like sure so they had their hour with them and then i came upstairs and they're both like oh thank god that's over (laughs) like like to be responsible for these two little people you know is kind of like motherhood yeah it's like motherhood exactly Yeah. yeah yeah um so I know you, Heather, as the editor of a different wonderful Massachusetts mm-hmm. monthly called Parents and Kids.
2: Do you remember those days? I do, very fondly. They're those so were fun. my one of my favorite days. I loved being an editor. Yeah, yeah. I that was that, good. Yeah.
0: And it was a great it was a great magazine. And I think it's just you know, it's in the in today's world of not every little internet I'm not in, in today's internet world, not every monthly is gonna is gonna be able to stay,
2: right? Yeah, and it would Parents and Kids magazine, I was there for six years. And so my daughter was only six months old and then um, it closed when she was in kindergarten. So it felt like a very, it was a very beautiful time. I love that time, but it felt like it was it was time for me almost to to do something different oh, too, good. which I did. Yeah. Um, but that's how we met. So, and I yeah. met so many fabulous people that way. How did you, did, how did we meet? Did you email me? Did I find you? I think I, like- I emailed you because yeah. I was hoping to, and I, in
0: fact, I was, I was, um, I was discovering what it is like to help a picky eater which my 14 year old was a really really picky eater when he was small and i was i was wanting to shout about how i had helped because i felt like if if i could overcome this so could other parents and and it was a big deal it was a big it was big changes for him um, he when he was three I was pregnant with with Jay and I think I've said this in other areas or in other in other interviews but his four food groups were like cheez its macaroni and cheese you know something else with cheese and the occasional banana I mean like there were no there was not a lot of good food in our in our home at that time and what happened was I got pregnant with Jay and I started having these like seriously dreams about salads and like green vegetables and stuff like that and we joined dreams yeah food dreams and we joined a csa and uh, it completely changed our lives a community supported agriculture where you go and you pick up a box of fresh food grown right there every week and um it completely changed our lives and I think, but I, you know, it it took a little longer to change Max's life because he was like, are you serious? I'm not eating a tomato. I mean, he, he started, I think one of the first things he really liked was sugar snap peas, which, which he helped pick. That's a good start. Yeah. He helped pick them, which was really great. And, um, it was just awesome. I mean, it was very, uh. I don't know, like the, anyway, so being able to shout about it and and share recipes and stuff like that, that was, I got in touch with you because I wanted to try and write a
2: a column. I remember because you're right, you were a great person to start writing for parents and kids because you had so many experiences that you were going through and then you wanted to offer to other parents because then you started writing about homeschooling, food. That's right. You were a great resource and those are the best writers. Oh, that's so, well, thank you very much. You know, I had a ball and I felt I felt like you were a great editor because you'd be like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Yeah. I
0: can't wait to you were so <laughs> enthusiastic, like in a way that I felt like I think I'd always had this vision of like corporate journalism as a, as a very like, you know, either you got reporters swearing in some big room where they're all, I don't know, figuring out what they're going to write about next. Or you've got
2: people like in suits saying, well, this isn't going to work, you know, (laughs) you were so not like so take those two images and erase (laughs) them. And it's me in a cube, really excited about things that have to do with parenting every topic. And, and I also just am a firm believer that, you know, we all need to support each other. So any of those articles that offered some sort of inspiration or empowered a parent, to make a decision they thought was best for their child. Those always got me really that was excited. Like really, yeah, yeah. And it showed. It came across. That was a great magazine, as is this one.
0: Um, I, well, before we get to that, actually, I was wondering, you touched on this a little bit before. What was it like to head up a magazine and be mom to two young kids?
2: It was awesome because those two worlds combined all the time. For so, you. Yeah, with they specific- really did because my kids were really young at that point. And anything that I was kind of stumbling over or stumbling on, I thought this would be a really good story. Yeah. Um, and also it's turned out that I've kept all the the publications and my letters from the editor that welcomed people to the magazine every month often had to do with my kids. So you know, you know, I always think, Oh, I gotta write that down. This happened and that was a really cool experience. And the fact that um, I have all that and I can show them now, they really, really loved oh, and that's then awesome. Not to make anyone jealous, but you know, if I had to do a story and I had to go to a museum or some other attraction, I could always bring the kids along, and that was called work,
0: and it was awesome.
2: Um, <laughs> that is so cool. It was really fun. Really that is fun. so cool. So, uh,
0: you guys are going to hear me rustling papers today because I've got my I've got my questions right in front of me. I'm scared I, of is... your two pages. Of- <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot. So a lot of it. We, well, I won't get into it, but yeah. it's, don't be scared. It's yeah. a good two pages. No, you don't make me scared. I feel okay, very cool. comfortable. And then you know what else I'm going to, so I'm not used to, uh, I've only ever done, I think two interviews previously and I didn't have this set up yet. I like, you know, I was such a new noob to podcasting. I feel a lot more comfortable with it now, but um, I'm set up for like a one, a one woman show here. So I got to reach around back and okay. grab my <laughs> little clock and make sure that, um, you know, I don't kind of run over time it's very professional looking i'd yeah. like to get a photo
2: of it before oh cool i love at the that. station so i can wow. put something on well, this
0: i've got this again geeking out i know i've got this thing um it's a shock mount which is this part of the microphone or just under the microphone and then this arm which yeah. it doesn't make it so i can move it around yeah. i can pull it around and it costs like 30 bucks i mean this was not no way yeah seriously the, the microphone was a lot more than that yeah. like the microphone and the, the the
2: zoom this little but the uh, arm's so fancy and, i feel I know. like i'm at a like a radio like station. a radio station. I exactly. Love
0: it. I love it. I That's exactly how I'm like, I am so, I love this so much. And then I will come upstairs and I know I'll do this uh, today. So we record on the lower level of our home. And then every time I have an interview and somebody is upstairs, I walk upstairs and I go, I love my job. Oh, that's great. See? <laughs> it's super fun. You got to do what you love. Yeah. I get to talk to people. I mean, I get to talk to people like you that, that are interested in the same things I'm interested in. And it's all, it's all really cool. So what, so... Being mom to to so how how old were they? So your daughter was six months old when you started, and was was your son older? They're twenty three months apart. So okay. yeah, so he's, so he's, he's yeah. the older one. He's the older one. So wow. a toddler
2: and a uh, well, almost a toddler in the house. Yeah, yeah it was what's, busy.
0: What's the work life balance like there? I mean, I know it's really great. You get to go off to you get to take them to museums and stuff like that. But I mean, are there days when you when you've been gone all day and and so is your
2: husband, and now here they are. <laughs> uh, it's I've been very fortunate at positions I've had since I've become a mother. Flexibility was just so important to me. And um, like most moms, I have a great work ethic, so mm-hmm. I get the work done. I don't get it in traditional nine to five hours, but I get it done when they're napping, or over the weekend, or at night when they're in bed. So I kind of just worked around that. I never like did an official clock in and clock out that was consistent. Yeah, yeah. And um, luckily, that fine for writing and yeah, oftentimes is. for interviewing too. People needed to talk to me after they were done with their job or so uh, I was able to do that and I didn't work 40 hours in the office. Mm-hmm. I was able to just maneuver that and I'm still doing that to this day because my kids now are grown. They're 12 and 10, but I just feel it's really important that I have a presence around them and that I'm there when they get on the bus and yeah. I'm there when they get home. Um So I've been really lucky that I've yeah. been able to do that because I think that people who employ me know I'm getting my work done. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. And I just was thinking how cool it is that like Parents and Kids was for really littles, like that was a, you know, sort of children under 5, right? And and where you where you are now as multimedia editor at Bay State Parent, that's for that's for older kids. Like that's for kids from birth on up through into the teens, right? Yes,
2: it goes through high school and it's really just a wonderful vision that the editor in chief Melissa Shaw has tapped into in her short range. She's only been the editor-in-chief for less than a year at this point. But she um, quickly realized that any story you write, even if you do just – you have a toddler and a baby, you're thinking about their future. So although braces aren't in your immediate future, you're going to be interested in that article. Yeah, And braces are yeah. a poor example because I don't know if we've even written about that. But, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, um, I don't know, first loves, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which yep. my kids are kind of going through oh, a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Um we're writing about that. And even if you have a toddler girl at home, you're thinking, this is going to be my life yeah, soon. Yeah. So it's really relatable to all kids from, you know, to parents yeah. of kids birth through up through high
3: school. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then and then some other just really fun things like I in the there was a mom's issue this past May. That was um, you. You interviewed all these different moms, like a, a mom who's
2: also a race car driver, and um, so cool. It made Melissa and I feel like we lead the most boring lives. We're like, look <laughs> at these people with this totally extreme hobbies and making time for it. It yep. was really inspirational. And
0: I have to say, in that same issue, there was an article about bra shopping, yes. getting you know, getting the right bras, and I, I was like, I love this. It's so. It totally related to my life, you know, like, like, just some of the things in there just I was I found myself checking this, the, this fit of my bras and, mm-hmm. and I was pretty proud of me. I had to pat myself on the back. Did I've done a good job. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was
2: doing a lousy job, I found out. And oh, we, really? the, so, you know, we do the print issue. And now we're really moving uh, as multimedia editor, we're trying to do a lot more digital to accompany what's in the print issue. Mm-hmm. And I got to go out and do like a bra measuring with a friend of mine. And we just had so much fun. And we've had so many people come up to us to say, oh my gosh, I've been having back pain and this. I didn't know there was a proper way to do this. Yeah, And yeah. So I yeah. love taking what's in print and having it come alive on, on video and some and stories that are important, not just about raising kids, but you as a person. You are still a person, even though you're a mom or a dad or yeah. a grandparent. Yeah. Um, and you have hobbies and you have needs. And uh, we love we love touching upon all those topics. As yeah,
0: well. yeah. Oh, it's so it's so great. It's uh, I feel like every time I open it up, which I really I kind of found it maybe in January um, of this year of 2015. And so now I've read probably six or seven issues. And I just every time I'm like, damn, that is awesome. Like the interview with Big Bird was such a with, yeah. with Carol Spinney, the man who plays Big Bird was so
2: great. And I feel like there's something there for for every and not Everybody. to mention, Karen, you were in those pages as well. Oh, that's and true. I know <laughs> that people found your story just really, really intriguing Aww. and um, and inspirational for what you've overcome in in your life. I, I people I know loved it. I know that it got a lot of um, a lot of viewers on the website too. So I think people wow. who are willing to share their personal story and be able to share how they've triumphed over these challenges. Um, is just awesome because oh, people like you. you know you want you don't want to feel alone and maybe no one you know has what you particularly went through but maybe something similar yeah and you offered some inspiration to that yeah. so thank you for that
0: Yeah. oh well thank you very much yeah. that was that's really really good to hear I mean that's kind of why I did it because I think that if if there are people out there who are sort of like god I can't I can't do this whatever mm-hmm. it is well I mean I've in the last year, like I was, we were, we just had Father's Day it just went by. So last Father's Day, Father's Day of 2014, Ben, you know, he's the dad, right? You're supposed to be making him breakfast and making him coffee and and uh, letting him do anything he wants on that day. If he wants to go fishing by himself, or if he wants to play ball with his, with the kids or whatever, you're supposed to be doing everything else, at least on that right. day. I couldn't do any of that. I mean, I could a smiling face <laughs> yeah. but that was it like I couldn't I couldn't pour his coffee or or anything wow, and the kids what a year has yeah I know it's really, it really was crazy and, the, and so the kids were at for last Father's Day they were f- 13 and 9 and so they did a lot I mean you know but it's not the same as as when as when I can really be invested and I was actually emotionally really low like that was I was starting to get anxiety attacks and mm-hmm stuff like that, because of uh, because of I just felt so diminished and, you know, uh, unable to keep up with my with my jobs here at home with any pretty much any of my jobs in raising and homeschooling and all that stuff. So anyway, fast forward to this past Father's Day. Well, uh, <laughs> my 10 year old and I made cookies together for for dad for his, for his present. And um, I was not only able to kind of be an inspiration and a fun part of it. But I was able to do a lot of stuff. Like I helped make dinner and, and I. And it's
2: nothing you take for granted anymore. Oh, that... no. Because I think that often all of us take for granted those things. Yeah. But baking cookies was probably like just oh, one of those gosh. moments that you were just like, I'm holding on to this moment. Right yeah. Yeah.
0: Because... Yeah. 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 So yeah.
2: that that's that's part of the story, too, that you shared with others. Like, take a minute and realize all that you have. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think you so damn I'm lucky. I'm so I just it's amazing to hear to know your story and sit across from you now and know what you've come through. It's just
0: awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's it's uh it's good to be looking at the other end of it, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah. And, and I got to start a podcast because I really needed a puzzle to solve. I needed a puzzle for my brain. That's really how I've been work- looking at this. And so
2: the medical stuff just was clearly wasn't enough. <laughs> that was a puzzle the, in The medical stuff
0: was a sad puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fun
2: one. This is kind of a fun one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I hope, you know, referencing the dogs again, last night I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I, I was exhausted. I mean, you know, been up since five or whatever with them. And uh, it's like having a baby again. And, and it's late at night and I'm looking at these two little faces and I'm thinking, am I up for this? Like, am I really, can I do this? And I got a good night's sleep. And I, I, this morning I woke up the, you know, the short story is I woke up and I was like, yeah, I'm up for it. You know, they're, they're beautiful and good and, and we're gonna we're gonna work together as a family. So. I
2: have no doubt that every morning you should wake up and say, "I can do this." Yeah, because you did one of the hardest things. Yeah,
0: yeah. You got I, this. I found out. I thought it was a different movie, but there's a phrase from the Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Somebody in the Shawshank Redemption says, "You got to get busy living or get busy dying." Mm. And that I have to say that phrase in my in the worst and all the way up through like I probably stopped saying it maybe a month ago. Every day I would wake up and I'd lie in bed. And I would think to myself, "You got to get busy living or get busy dying." And I would get up and get out of that. Was what yeah, got me wow. ahead. Yeah. So, so yeah. But anyway, back to back to you, my friend. Um, I'm wondering, how did you get into journalism
2: in the first place? Did you go to college for it? So I, I for as long as I can remember, I loved to write. Um, and in first grade, I wrote my first little book. It was about a bird in a nest, and they put it in the library at my elementary school. Uh-oh. And from then on, I just knew that I just wanted to write. Yeah. So it happened at a real early age. But in fifth grade, it's kind of funny. In fifth grade, I used to draw plans for a newsroom. Like, I, I would really? write down, like, how I think it should be set up, and <laughs> I, it was, it, so it's always, it, you know, in short, it's always been something that's been in my heart, and wow. and, um, and I started my own newspaper with a few friends on my neighborhood called oh the Erin Drive News. My. Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> and it was fun. We had this, point, when I think back, these neighbors were so good to us because, you know, there was eight houses on this cul-de-sac, and... Um, we started this newspaper, and one of our neighbors worked at Northern Tissue or something. He'd got a new job, so I thought we should have a you know a touch test. Mm-hmm. So I took a nor a piece of Northern Tissue and a piece- and asked people like which one do you think is better. <laughs> um, so I always knew that I wanted to write, and I knew I wanted to do journalism. And um, I went to Saint Anselm College. I majored in sociology.
0: Did you really? My yeah. brother went to Saint Anselm really? College. Yeah, here did he crash? I feel like he remember? graduated in probably ninety five. I've...
2: That's when it's I graduated.
0: Did you really? His name is Robert Locke. Do you know him at all? I
2: think I... Will you, you show me a picture?
0: I, I will, yeah. Yeah. He oh is gosh. right there. That's him. We're, we're in my... Just for listeners. This one? We're in our... Yeah, we're in my recording studio, Studio oh 34. That is crazy. And um and we are like in our... What we did was we made this office. It's It's got dark walls. It's got these sort of like deep rust colored walls. And we have black and white pictures of, of family all over. And the one picture that isn't of our family is still a black and white, but it's over there. It's a lighthouse picture, which we... We got on our honeymoon. So it's really oh. super special. And then all around are pictures of my side of the family, Ben's side of the family, as much family as we appears, can possibly have. And one of my
2: former classmates. And it, and it, <laughs> isn't that crazy? That is
0: wild.
2: Wow. That okay. Is so wild. i going to have well, to look into that a little bit more. Yeah, when, definitely. <laughs> when I get home. That's so cool. So, and then I just, I took journalism classes and mm-hmm. I uh, walked up to Mansfield News, my hometown paper, and knocked on their door, junior year of uh, college, and said, can I write? And they gave me, um, I think they gave me obituaries. <laughs> awesome. And then, uh, Yeah, you got to start somewhere. So I've always wanted to do it. Wow, that is really cool. And
0: what does it mean to be a multimedia editor? I mean, I think everybody has this vision of what an editor is, you know, you call the shots, you, you, you make the decisions, you tell people what to do, or you coordinate with them or whatever, and sometimes do fun things on your own as well, especially for you with the kind of editing that you do or the kind of Uh, papers you work for but multimedia editor seems to me to be a little bit different
2: so this you know the uh, the title itself I think implies that I am gonna I help with both print but mostly online Mm -hmm. so any digital uh, media so a, a website I coordinate the stories going up on websites I also write stories for the website um, I handle the e-newsletter and then all mm-hmm. social media. So it's really oh, fun. It's cool. It's, uh, and I work very closely with Melissa, who's on the print side of it, because anything that she writes and prints ends up online, and I find mm-hmm. ways to, to complement it by doing some stuff on digital. So it's kind of a new role. They've never had this at Bay State Parent, and I was so happy that I. Um, got that position yeah, and was able to do it. And it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's turned more into not a monthly publication but for me, but almost like a daily one. So if I see any news that I think that is going to be really important to parents, whether there's a recall or a study that just came out, mm-hmm. you know, I can write that and put that right online and push it out through social media.
0: Wow. That is really cool. Yeah, That's really fun. Good. And uh, so a question I have about that is uh, maybe a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, there was this study that came out about just the word study made me think of it. A guy, like a sociologist or something who would go into a park and he he he'd go up to the parents and he'd say, "Listen, I I'm doing a study on does your, you know, like how many kids would go with a stranger?" Yes, I saw that. And um and basically he he had a puppy. And I've been thinking about this too because we've got two puppies upstairs. Um and he would go up to the kid. The parents would say, yes, go ahead. And so he'd go up to the kids and he'd be like, hey, you know, this is my puppy. Meet my puppy. And so many kids would talk to him. And then he'd say, I've got more puppies, you know, come with me and I'll show so them scary. to you. And um, yeah, I mean, it is scary. So I was wondering, did you, did you talk about that at all with the, for the paper? Or? Yeah.
2: And then in our area too, remember there was some very suspicious car going around yeah. and in yeah. different towns. So yes, we, we definitely put, put that stuff up and yeah. i share those links for sure yeah. so there's so there's so much information coming our way um that can be frightening so i try to walk the fine line of informing yeah um and also entertaining yeah so that's yeah a little and, bit of
0: both and maybe not not having people push the panic button either i mean right you know it's like so
2: there's so many things i mean honestly there's 800 things to panic about every day i know there
0: really, there really is yeah so yeah the that guy in uxbridge um or he, I think it was first in Uxbridge and then it was sort of in other other area towns. Um, I, at the time, I had just recorded a podcast in which I talked about how uh, this woman, Lenore Skenazy, has written a book called Free Range Kids. It's on the, it's on, I have a list of five, fab, the, I call it the Fabulous Five. It's five books that every parent should read, needs to read. And um, so Free Range Kids is on there and she has a thing, she, she sort of talks about statistics in a way that really made it, uh, made me feel better about you know they, this idea of kidnap random kidnappers mm. um she said you know she talks about the numbers first which i won't get into cuz they're you know takes it's confusing whatever but she says if you actually wanted your child to be kidnapped how long would you have to leave her outside wow. for that to happen in terms of years and so i'm wondering heather do you have a guess as to how long
2: <laughs> i i i i bet it's pretty long
0: pretty long are
2: we talking more than 5 years
0: we are talking more than 5 way years way more than 5 years way Way, way, like, way more than five what, until
2: years. until they're like an adult? Like, Like
0: <laughs> we're talking about before humans had language. Whoa. 750,000 years is the statistical... Oh value of like how long it's a good reality check it is it really is and so even with that with the with the kidnapper in uxbridge sort of going he was going around to these towns and uh and what he would do is he would he he was trying to get kids to get into his car anybody from like a 14 year old on down to little little kids and he hasn't been caught yet which is still it's It's sort of it makes you hesitate but think about this um here at we turned out okay. We did a little analysis of the towns he'd been in mm-hmm. and the number of children in those towns and the likelihood. If you've got the seven hundred fifty thousand year thing, right? For one kid just randomly across the country, and we still figured out it's like a one in it's it's like a a one in thirty thousand chance that it would be your child number one. And we figured that's gotta that's got. I haven't done the math on this. Yeah. And I, gotta, I can't help you with that. It's gotta add up mind. to several hundred years if not more i mean it's just so think about that you know it's okay for them to go play in their tree fort or whatever yeah. um and, and that
2: and that's the thing that's exactly the line i'm talking about we don't want to push panic buttons we just want to empower people yeah so exactly. if you're empowered with facts like you're sharing right now yeah of the likelihood yeah. And how to, you know, even just talk to your kids about it without panicking them.
3: That's yeah. really important. Yeah,
0: and making it just making the point that it's so I talked about this in in an earlier episode. I've got a I've got an episode called Four Risks That We Parents Take Every Day. And it's been a really popular episode and I think it's because uh, it, it sort of turns things on its head. So we think, okay, I'm going to keep my child safe from the kidnappers, I'm going to keep them inside. And I'm not going to let them go outside and explore their world. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? I mean, that's a huge, you're holding your child back from being able to uh, fall down or, or discover a new kind of uh, animal or or uh, just interact with their world in a way that that we humans desperately need. And if if we take that risk of keeping them inside, that's we think it's the other way around, right? We think we're gonna save them from the kidnappers, but we're really hurting them in a way. So, um yeah, so I'm really glad to hear that, that that's how you that's that's how you guys run it. You know, you're not like a sort of evening news oh everybody worry about this now you know it's more it's more keeping them informed so that's a great job for a multimedia editor because you you get to keep on top of things that are happening right now yes that
2: is super cool yeah it's a lot of
0: fun yeah yeah i mean that's my next one of my next questions is what's journalism like in this era of the internet
2: and i bet you would say that it's not as you know it's not so bad i mean you got a cool i do i have a really great job and i think that um, especially for our demographic parents they're picking up bay state parent at You know, pediatrician's office, dentist, playground, you know, play areas, libraries, libraries. so you still there's such such a value in that print edition. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I love journalism, and I love newspapers. So I I love holding the tangible product. Yeah. But I think that also, so parents like to pick that up, put it in their bag, they have the calendar, they have, you know, they can read it when they get a chance. And then they can also have that, you know, ease of going online, you know, maybe at the end of the day and checking out news that they want to hear. So I think they, the two um, things really complement each other. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, I feel really good about journalism and cool. where it's at right now That's it's not awesome. you know it's not the highest paying job so <laughs> no but what <laughs> but is i mean i love what i'm doing and i'm glad that i get to do it every yeah. day yeah
0: yeah yeah and you make it work with i mean uh I think about high paying jobs i mean you know not everybody's gonna be uh uh david ortiz or right. something like right. that you know right. um I'm and the
2: farthest thing you'll ever see from him <laughs> um, no and, and you know what i have been really blessed that i haven't had to make it about you know, nothing I've ever done and as far as work goes had to do with that bottom line figure. Yeah. Up. And uh I just do what I love. Yeah. And yeah. and even when I couldn't because you know, when Parents and Kids Magazine went away and that was really devastating to me because I would put so much into it. Um, you can still make room in your life. Even if you are working that corporate job, you can make some room in your life for something that you love to do mm-hmm. on the side. And that's mm-hmm. I guess that's what I want to encourage people like i've been very lucky i you know i do work that i love but i also make room for what i love in other areas of my life too Mm -hmm. and i think that's so important to find that balance
0: yeah absolutely and actually i mean that's that's what this podcast has been for me it's as i you know i said it was a puzzle before in some some ways it's been like the shining light that that makes me want to get up in the morning and and be excited about the coming day you know and when when you whether it's because you're in a job that you don't like or but you feel you have to have you you've got to make time mm-hmm. for for something that you love. Yes. You know. Absolutely. So definitely, definitely. Now you are an identical twin. I am. And I love this. You you've written books with your twin sister. You've um I remember you telling me that you went, there was this, there's like a twins conference, right? Yes. Or
2: twins festival, Pittsburgh, twins twins Ohio. That's right. It That's was been- one of those on the bucket list. We had to go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was not too, too long ago, but yeah. it was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: What yeah. was that like? It was wild. It There was 1700 sets of twins and um, you go out there and they have like a weekend, like the, the Friday nights they've been doing it for, I don't know how many years, but it's been a lot of years. So people come. Back every year. And it's the first time that Lisa and I really dressed alike. My mother never did that. I mean, she (laughs) kind of chose colors. I was always in blue. Lisa was in orange when we were really little. Mm -hmm. But other than that, she never. Dressed us alike, you know. If we did dress alike, it was of our own choosing for an April Fool's joke or something. <laughs> so we decided we're going to go do this, and I was covering it for Parents and Kids magazine, and we went shopping and fought over what we should wear because we have different styles. And yeah. we landed on a few things. And <laughs> I interviewed twins before they were going because I wanted to learn, you know, what what do I expect? And one uh, twin from Gloucester said to me, "Oh, it's going to be the first time that you feel normal." And I thought I don't feel abnormal right now, but uh, all right, I'll I'll see what you're talking about. And um, I <laughs> I felt kind of, it was very cool to talk to other twins and, yeah. and all that stuff. But they had a parade where you dressed alike and you walked down the streets of Twinburg, Ohio, and the people who are watching threw candy at you. Whoa. So I did not feel normal. No. I felt like what <laughs> you kind felt the show opposite is of normal. this. Like what is going on? And then they have talent shows and all this stuff, but mixed in, there were like little um. You could get paid to do like different studies or experiments because they really want to yeah. weigh like one twin DNA and yeah, how yeah. you know how the sun affects it or your teeth or so we did like <laughs> all these fun little studies and we <laughs> met some great people it was fun it was one of those we got to, we had to do it
0: did you end up actually feeling normal at any point like I I relate to. Um, homeschooling. Yeah. Like when we go to Old Sturbridge Village and we go on on a regular day when there's kids and field trips and stuff like that. I mean, that's great. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. The kids are, you know, universally wonderful. I mean, Old Sturbridge Village is a tough place to have a have a bad day at. But when we go on a homeschool day, it's just it's completely, it, it, You do you feel normal? Yes. It's like everybody else is just a, you know doing what they're doing around you, just like you it are. Felt, and so it felt cool. it
2: felt really cool. But you know what? When it comes to the normal piece, I've never known anything. But to be an identical twin, true, and I count my blessings for that every day. She yeah. is my best friend, and um, I just feel like a lifelong companion right out of the gate. I yeah. mean, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Like my two little doggies upstairs. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I, um, I love it. So I, I never yeah. felt abnormal. There, I felt like, oh wow, other people experience have this have this luck too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and have, get to experience life yeah. with somebody, and um, yeah. Lisa and I are really tight. And you mentioned we wrote a book. We've written two books together. And um, one's called The Siblings Busy Book.
0: I love that book. And
2: it's just about creating bonds between your kids, regardless of their age differences. And that was important to us because both her and I had a toddler and a younger one at home. And we thought, how do we how do we strengthen this bond? Yeah. And we can do it through play. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that really makes me think like all along, you found ways to incorporate your love of family with your work. yes, You know? I mean, I'm sure that there were some late nights and and crazy crazy times writing that book, but ultimately it was for listeners. It's a superb resource. Like I w- I'm going to link to it in the show notes. It's it's if you have more than one kid and especially when they're small, it's a great way in their different ages, you know. Um it's Baby a great way all to the help way
2: through school age.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a great way to help them relate to each other. I mean, we used it a lot just in terms of eliminating sibling rivalry because it was it was just that kind of book, you know, there'd be activities that they could do each in their own way, but together and, you know, just things that you already have on hand that you didn't even know you could use to to promote the kind of fun sibling life that that you really want for your kids, so thank you for very much oh, for that. We
2: enjoyed writing that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool. It shows. It comes through. It's a great. It's a great, great little book. Um. So, uh, shifting topics a little bit, how did this idea of your family going RVing come up? So, what what is RVing actually? What do so, you?
2: <laughs> what I know so far is <laughs> renting a home on wheels mm-hmm. and be having kind of the freedom to kind of go to different places on your vacation instead of. Packing up suitcase and going to a hotel room and unpacking and maybe going to a different hotel room because you want to hit another spot, everything is right on board. So my husband, his parents had an RV when he was younger. Is that a,
0: just let me ask, is that a like a Winnebago kind yes, of RV? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so it's yeah. not the kind that you you hitch up to your no, car. No, we're like
2: the driver's seat underneath one of the beds. Wow, wow. So um, if my husband here, he would say, Heather came up with it because I come up with all our little adventures. I like adventures. <laughs> cool. I love adventures. And um, so this year we we had a different idea in mind and then it came down to we need to make a decision because... um we had to plan our vacation Mm -hmm. and i said why don't we do an rv why don't we go for it because we've talked about it over the years and so we were renting one and we're taking off for two weeks and um, this summer this summer we are Uh -uh. going i'm i I, I, so far all i have is a bag i i figured out i'll just put a bag out and anything that i games or you know i got the summer reading for the kids already yeah that's all i've done I have one big bag with a bunch of junk in it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but I, we're going to rent it the day before, bring it home, and literally just carry stuff from out of the house in there. Into, a, into the RV. That's my big plan, Karen. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a good plan. That's all I got. That's a good There's plan. There's no time to like get ready for this vacation. <laughs> it's just going to happen, and we're going to go There's, for it.
0: Yeah, it'll be an in-the-moment kind of a thing. I'm really excited. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you, do you have a plan of where you're... Are you just going to point it you know, to the I highway and... to
2: do that. Um, I, you know, I wasn't, you really are very. I wasn't always like that, though. I used to be more of a type A, but um, uh-huh. I hung out with my husband too long. And, <laughs> and I also came to realize in my age that great things happen sometimes without any plan. Yeah, I yep. love stuff that just kind of happens.
0: Wow, I love that idea.
2: Yeah, try it out. Because yeah. <laughs> it works. Now, it's funny, my twin sister used to be more like that. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of like, we switched You've switched and she looks at me like crazy like i'm crazy sometimes cuz i'm like oh we we'll just i want my plan was we'll just hit the road see where just we go see how it goes and um
0: but did that work for other people in your family <laughs> yeah
2: well, How's you know, else. You got to be willing to try it. You got to take a yeah. risk and try it. So, but then you know, I am speaking with experts because I did a story on it, and they're like, "Listen, you're going during the craziest time of year. You're mm-hmm. going in early July, and everyone's going to be out there." So we did. We we've made a plan. Okay, and we're staying. Uh, we're going to go to Washington D.C. where Kevin's brother lives, and there's an awesome RV park there, and we're going to bring our bikes and cool. bike around the city and. Visit with him, and then we're going to head down towards Virginia and end up at the Outer Banks. Oh wow! And um, and then come up, and when we kind of do a U turn, head towards um a spot near the Appalachian Mountains, and then end up visiting a cousin who's in cool. Maryland. So, you know, we're doing a little loop de loop. You won't awesome. get too far in two weeks because we want to. We don't want to have to pack. You know, we don't want to have to yeah. like, switch where we are. Yeah, you want to get somewhere and stay. And for the couple most days, we'll be driving is and... six hours at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's fine. Yeah, and with 10 and 12, right? Yeah. I mean, they've, yeah. they'll be good with I'll that. Oh, they'll have some yeah.
2: reading, Karen. I might need to talk to you about other educational <laughs> things I can do, but I'll be keeping them busy. We actually, in our July issue of Bay State that's coming out fa- fairly soon, we have a cool story on five cool skills you can learn for free online youtube so like you um hula hooping yo-yoing oh wonderful yo-yoing. summer thing even weird yo <laughs> yeah <laughs> yo-yoing i think so yeah yeah since yeah. like a weird word origami so like wow. I'm, I'm hoping that like we can just spend some of that time traveling yeah. learning some yeah. cool stuff yeah. and obviously we're going to learn some stuff when we're visiting areas but
0: yeah oh, so it'll be it'll be a real like kind of unplug I... check out of your regular routine yeah
2: and that's what's so it, that's why, you know, I don't think people get long enough vacations now. You need, you almost need two weeks to unwind. And I, I know we're really lucky. I'll be kind of doing some work on the road because I'll be blogging about this mm-hmm. experience. But um, I just, what I love most of all is the four of us being together and my kids rediscovering that they're great friends. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they're a boy and a girl. They're 10 and 12. And, you know, they, they go in and out of being each other's playmates. But um, when we're on vacation... I just see that bond come back and it's so exciting to me. Like they remember that they are they're great friends yeah. because you know, all the work I've done on siblings and the research I've done, those are the people that you have the most time in your life with. Yeah. You know, you're going to live your parents and you're going to meet your spouse later on in life, but your sibling is like a lifelong friend yeah. if you nurture yeah. that relationship and you find time yeah. for it. So. Yeah.
0: I got to say one of my, one of my brothers Um, I have a brother in Toronto and we are incredibly close. We're seven years apart, but we're, we're just, I think, emotionally, mentally, whatever, super close, and I have a brother who's been living about twenty minutes away for like seven or eight years, and we not only have been emotionally close, but we've been physically close yes. too. We our kids have played together, and we've had sleepovers, and we've just had really good fun t- with them. Well, on Sunday morning, they're moving to Colorado, Ooh. and Ooh. I mean, yeah, I've and I've I, we all they're moving because my brother has not been overly happy in his work. Sure. And, uh, you know, kind of the way that we've been looking at it within our family is three out of the four of them are super happy the fourth one is not happy they all need to be happy so yeah. they've um he's already started out there actually he's got a he's got a great job he really loves it's he says it's like working at a startup where he is and oh that's wonderful it's super and you know fun what?
2: another place for you to visit yeah exactly, exactly. another adventure Yeah. and our parents already
0: live in colorado so oh. so they'll be closer to my mom and dad and Perfect. and uh, you know their grandparents and whatever so that's really good um but it is it's i don't know just this closeness like the year as adults there have been a couple of times in our lives where, like, the three of us, my two brothers and I, will get to go off for, like, 24 hours together. Awesome. Um, when, when our youngest brother lived in New York City, we did that. And, and, you know, we've just had evenings like that every once in a while. And it's just so Awesome. Like we can we can still make each other laugh with one word, you like, know, and we can we can and think of all so, the
2: memories you have. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great.
0: All the good fun that we've we've kind of had together. So and we we used to RV all the time, although we did it not in a Winnebago like thing, but with a big huge bunkhouse. We had a coachman bunkhouse trailer. Cool. And um so we would spend three weeks every summer off doing something. And um usually we'd go to this place called the Lake George RV park in Lake George, New York. And we we like we knew people there like people would always come kind of at the same time so we we'd get to see the same kids every year and, and it would be like a time I really think about my dad with RVing especially and my mom too but my dad we could play tennis every day we could go for hikes if we wanted to he'd go for he always went for a jog at home but when we were there you know he's got his route through the park and um there was this bus it was a huge park so there was this bus system that went through the park and you could just get on the bus and like go around and yeah it was super super fun free free bus too within there so i'm super excited about your trip um and i'm wondering what are you most excited about a and most concerned about b
2: most excited about um just being with my family and just um taking a break from crazy life yeah um yeah and most concerned about being in such a... I, I'm a person that likes alone time. And so uh-huh. I'm a little nervous How are you about having such close quarters. <laughs> How are you but um, your alone my time? plan so far is that I'm an early riser. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that my mornings will begin with a nice walk. Cool, yeah. So I have, I have ways that I'm trying to figure out how to cope with that. That's good. That's yeah.
0: great. That's great. And what I my last question kind of is, what so far has your favorite family vacation been, like in
2: the past? So last year we did a, um, a home swap. What and the heck is that? That is you swap your home with another family in a different part of the world. No way! Yeah, so that's what I'm telling you. I like adventure. So um, we wow. swapped a home with a, a family in Denmark. Oh Just outside (laughs) of Copenhagen. And they stayed in our home for a month and we stayed in theirs. That is amazing. It was really fun. How do you even find out about that? (laughs) Uh, Years ago, my husband and I had a mutual friend that did that over the... She said, oh, yeah, in the summers, I used to go to France with my family. And we kind of... That was in our early 20s. And we kind of put that in the back of our head for years. And then I started thinking about it again because we met someone else who had done it. And I guess I always stopped at the fact, like, who's going to want a vacation in Bellingham? I'm Uh I'm not sure that our house would have the appeal. But when I thought about it more, we're an hour from the Cape. We're 40 minutes from Boston. We're right near Providence. Yeah you know even a four-hour drive to New York yeah and yep. those are all hot spots I think yeah. so um, there's a website you go on I, I think it's home exchange.org I'll get you oh it's my for sure gosh. and you pay an annual fee it's like 90 bucks and you put up pictures of your house and you start emailing and corresponding. like wow you know, will these work weeks work for you and this and is blowing the my yeah I thought you were gonna say like oh Disney or something <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. super cool well you just happen to get me the summer after we yeah. did this yes yeah. that's the most crazy vacation we've ever taken and, well um, yeah yeah Great experience. We had a ton of a fun. Great time. A I bet. A ton of fun. In a month is such a nice. Immersed in the culture over there, and yeah, my husband yeah. was able to work remotely, and I took the time off, and um, our days were, you know, just exploring that. It's a wow. what a great place to go. We my husband's has traveled extensively, but he had never been. To Denmark, and so when the opportunity came up, I thought it would be really fun to find a place that neither of us have ever been. Yeah, yeah, you know, an experience together, family, and what a beautiful, beautiful country that is. And pe- people, most people speak English, which was key. It's friendly, it's safe. Wow, uh, so it was a great first experience oh, for my, my gosh, kids, and awesome. um, they loved it.
0: Oh, I bet, I bet. So, my the reason I asked is because when this trip is over. I'm hoping to be able to talk like, so my, this is going to run in September. This will be one of our, one of my September, one of our September podcasts. And my thought was when your trip is done in August, like maybe, you know, later in July or August, we could talk again. Yes. And I would ask you (coughs) you to talk about this trip in relation (laughs) to past vacations and how did it go and everything like that. Yeah. (laughs) What what advice I would really be looking for. I'll be happy to do that. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. That'd be fun. So, but I have a feeling it's, (coughs) you might love it, but I bet it's going to be at the best tide with a trip with a month in Denmark. (laughs) So, so, you know what I'd actually love to do as I think about it is maybe it would be great to kind of evaluate these two vacations. Yes. You know, and then pretty different. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe um, I bet we might even need a third interview at some point um, to talk about because if you're an adventuring vacationer, I bet a lot of listeners would love to hear about like, how do you plan it? So maybe we could touch base in the wintertime or something to talk about how do you even start? planning for something like this yeah. so would you would you be I like, would love that Yay, that would be great awesome
2: awesome that'd be great I keep my friends keep asking when are you going to take a relaxing vacation <laughs> oh
0: but I do you find those relaxing I don't
2: you know what I lo- I'm not you're not going to find me at a resort by the pool. Mm-hmm. And I know that's crazy because that's very appealing to so many people. Mm-hmm. And t- there's a part of me that if I had six weeks vacation every year, you better believe I'd be by a resort. But since you have such short periods, yeah. Yeah. I just want to like go see things. And- yeah.
0: yeah, And you can, I mean, within that time, you'll find time to I'll chillax. be, don't worry, you... You yeah. know
2: what? How many years? 20 years from now you'll find me at a beach. Yeah. 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 I'll be right there. You have plenty resort. of time. <laughs> yep, I love
0: it. Well, that's all we have time for today, and I just want to say thank you so much to Heather Kemsky for being here
2: today. It's been great. Great, great to t- to talk to you and have you here to interview. I love being around you, Karen. Oh, I love it. You. And I'm glad that um, now I reached out to you once I started Bay State Parent. And mm-hmm. I told my editor, I said, we've got to get Karen on board. <laughs> you were one of the first people I contacted. Oh, so I'm just thrilled to be able you. to work with you again. Yeah, it's
0: good. This is good fun. Good fun. I actually have, I'm going to be talking about Providence in the July issue that's coming out. Yes, that's so, right. Um, we have five hot
2: spots for day trips. Yay. And those are big with our readers. Yeah. You know, if you just want to get out for a day, where can you go?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so will we be able, you mentioned a blog, right? So
2: where, do you have a, an address yet for that so yes. that we know where people can follow you? Yeah. It's going to be baystateparent.com backslash RV outtakes.
0: RV outtakes. I love it. I love it. And if you want to talk to Heather Kemski, you can find her at baystateparent.com, as she just said. I'm sure people can email you there. Yes. and That kind of thing. Cool. <music> I have plenty of tape for a summer memory from my friend Adele Miller. Come here, and Scott too, if you want. Somebody's got to make sure that the baby doesn't die, though. Okay, cool. Take turns on the baby. Hi, love. Now I'm hanging with my friend Adele Miller. Our toes are in the sand. We are looking out at the beach, and uh, Adele's going to tell us her favorite summer memory.
4: My favorite summer memory is when I was 14 years old. And my friend Lauren, her mom rented a cabin in York Beach, Maine, and I had never been there before. And we went up and we spent the best week of our lives at Short Sands Beach and eating ice cream at Golden Rods and buying terrible, terrible stuff like t-shirts, everyday new t-shirts and um, fried dough. I think we lived off of fried dough and and ice cream all week Uh, but we laughed and we swam in the dark at night in the ocean it was lovely
0: that sounds really cool the dark of night in the ocean
4: that sounds wicked it was very cool cool. there's a little bug on you oh thank you and then i think as an adult it's camping with my kids which
0: is what we're doing right now we're camping with our kids yep this is my first time in a long time in a tent and I,
4: i i did all right last night I think I did okay. Yeah. How about you? I I did awesome in a tent. <laughs> there's you know six of us in a tent. Yeah, there's not a lot of sleeping, but there's a lot of being in the tent.
0: I said to Audrey this morning, "You're you're thirteen year old? Yeah, thirteen year old." I said, uh, "Are you guys gonna go to the ocean beach while you're here?" And Audrey says to me, "No, my mom doesn't like to go anywhere when we go to
4: camping. Oh, <laughs> She's like, I don't leave. I don't leave. I I guess I've left once." last year to go to the ocean beach but um our next camping trip is in the is at the ocean in Narragansett, Rhode Island. So, we bike to the ocean. But I park my car and I stay in my chair and I hang out with my children. Very cool. Well, thank you, Adele Miller. Callie, want to say hi? Say hi. No.
0: You don't have to. Okay. Bye. So friends, listeners, I screwed up. I, in this space right now, should be interview number two, interview part two with Heather. And we recorded it and it was in here on my little Zoom H5, which is a great instrument, a great recording thing, although I'm not going to geek out about technology right now. And the other day, I went out to try to get some sound of those awesome, I think they're called cicadas. This really, some people hate it, I think, but I love it. The sound, to me, it's a sound of summer. It's that humming kind of sound that you hear. And sometimes it gets louder and it fades. Anyway, so I was outside with my Zoom recording that. And I screwed up in the sense of I recorded a track that I hit record and no sound. I was recording nothing. Like I could see that there are these little, there's a gauge that you can see what, you know, how much sound is coming into the machine. And I didn't record anything. And I was like, what the crud!" So I, I hit stop and I went to delete that track and I deleted, I'm so sorry, Heather. I deleted the wrong track. And so then I, I'm like, gosh, it's taking a really long time to delete this 30 second little thing of humming, you know, cicadas and by the time it was deleted i realized what i had done i had taken my just awesome 15 minute interview with my friend and i had just wrecked it like deleted it it's gone it's gone forever and i'm again so sorry for all of you and i'm super sorry for heather and because it was so it was i loved there was a part of it that i actually asked her to repeat <laughs> cuz it was such an amazing and important thing to remember um so so this is my temporary replacement. Until I can get, you know, Skype with Heather, get her back over here for um, another segment. What I thought I would do, because I didn't want you all to not have, you know, the second half. I'm like, it's a cliffhanger now, right? Like, did they enjoy it? Was it their favorite vacation? Did people live without Wi-Fi? How was it? Um I decided that I would kind of give a recap of our conversation until we can get together again and we can really record something that is better than this. But anyway, I felt that this was better than nothing. So, again, I'm super sorry. Oh, gosh, I just I like I said, I felt sick to my stomach as soon as I realized it. I just thought, you know, but this is how we learn, right? We we screw up. We make mistakes. And now I'm living that. <laughs> It'll never happen again. I will never delete the wrong track off my Zoom because now I know, I know the consequences. This is what we try to help our kids with, right? Like letting them fail so that they learn from it. So, okay. So here goes. I won't do her voice. <laughs> Although I did think about potentially doing that. But but basically, our conversation in part two of our interview, we talked about three really key parts there were three really key parts to this and the first part was just about RVing itself if you remember heather had never been on an RV uh trip you know she'd not done this get in the winnebago with with where your house is is your is your car and uh and try that so for 2 weeks she and her family went down to sort of maryland washington dc that area and um and camped in the RV and they really did it. And, uh, and they loved it. They loved, loved, loved it. I think some of Heather's favorite things, she's got a blog, uh, it's called RV Outtakes, and you can find it in the podcast notes. But you can also find it at Bay State Parent, which is baystateparent.com. She's the multimedia editor there. And uh, so the blog is a part of that, that paper. And uh, some of the blog posts were about, for instance, there was one about How they loved driving home. She loved driving home. It was the she said it was the fastest drive ever. It was like an eight hour drive, and she was able to because they're in this RV. She was able to not get out of PJs, not get out. Get this of bed. (laughs) So her husband's driving home, and he's perfectly happy with the radio on up front, and she and the kids are are hanging out in the RV, and she's like in bed with a book you know uh and sliding off into sleep into into nappy time while they're on the road i mean how cool is that so they loved they loved the rv i think they some of the other things if i remember that they really liked were were that she had questions about actually were like how will it be to be without alone time like how will i you know handle that and what she did was she would she would get up a little earlier she would um try and get her alone time when when everybody else was asleep or whatever Um, that worked. I think it says a lot for like, if you, if you say to yourself, I know how this is going to turn out and I'm not even going to try, you know, it just, it's going to be so awful. I'm not even going to try. You, you might miss a lot in life, I think. And, and so Heather thought, well, you know what, we'll try it. Like, it, how bad can it be? It's two weeks. If I never get a moment of alone time, you know, I can live through that for two weeks. And she found that she did get it. She did get her alone time. She got to, <laughs> she got to have eight hours of alone time in bed in her pajamas while her husband was transporting them home. That is so cool. One day they, they rented a Jeep while they were staying in the, I believe it was the Outer Banks in, um, the Outer Banks is in North or South Carolina. I think. <laughs> I'm so, Sorry, geography, not my not my strong point. I've never been to the Outer Banks either. And I would love to do that. But anyway, um, I guess I'm gonna have to look it up on a map before I get out and find it and go there. Uh, so they rented a Jeep one day while they were in the Outer Banks. And they loved the freedom having been in having only had, you know, their big, huge thing that has to be sort of like this boat that they're that they're driving around. And, um so they were like let's go out for dinner. We've got the jeep, you know. Let's 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 go here, let's go there. So they they did take a break from having only the four wheels attached to their home and they they really appreciated that. I think it gave them a new appreciation for like what what it's like to you know just live a different way. So RVing was a big thumbs up I think for all of them and Heather, if I remember correctly, said too that that they might try it in a different area of the country. Um that it, that you know she she would do it again, but she wouldn't go to necessarily to the same places. That that she would go somewhere else. So the second big thing that I that we spoke about was this idea of unplugging. And I think the kids, especially, she's got uh, her kids. If I remember correctly, I'm sorry, I keep saying that. If I remember correctly, if I hearken back, um, she's got ten and twelve year old kids. Correct me if I'm wrong, Heather. Super sorry if I'm wrong. And in her in her mind, this was kind of the the perfect time for unplugging for two whole weeks because they are not old enough yet that they're, that they're needing to be connected in, in that way that like teenagers have. And, uh, and so they really were successfully able to unplug all of them, not, not just the kids. I mean, I think for us adults, sometimes it's really hard to say what I I can't, I can't get on and check my Instagram <laughs> or whatever. Um, So it's a myth that we need Wi-Fi, even in this day and age. And if you can find a way, I think Heather would say, if you can find a way to unplug, to really, even if you can, even if you can just shut off the Wi-Fi, because it becomes so, so easy to just, oh, it's on, I'll just check it. Oh, I'll just, you know, oh, I would, I wanted to do this rather than write it down and come back to it later. Maybe, you know, try batching. That's what I'm doing right now, actually, is I'm trying to batch my We do have Wi-Fi. Um, And my problem, of course, with my tendinosis is that what happens to me is I'll be like, oh, I'll just like everybody does. I'll just check Instagram. I'll just check Facebook. I'll just check email. And if I do this kind of spread out over the day, by the end of the day, I am, my arms are just so sore that I can't, I can hardly lift my cup of tea, you know, as I recover here, I'm noticing this. And so one of the things that is interesting about my condition, especially with this relapse is And I actually, I'm quite grateful for this. It's made me remember what's really important and what isn't really important. So it's not really important to check Instagram five times a day. Right. But while I was in, while I was getting worse, while we, when we had the dogs and, and, you know, I was realizing that I couldn't keep up with their care and I couldn't take the stress of uh, of having them, of having them with us. Um, it for at the at that time, I didn't even really kind of realize this, but I was I was checking, uh, t- you know, like all these social media things that we that we have. I was almost obsessively checking them, and for me, that means like I was checking them three, four, five times a day. Not like I don't know some people obsessively check things like that every minute of the day. They're always accessible on Facebook, and I don't know how I don't know how you live like that, but. Uh, for one of the things that has happened is I've remembered again <laughs> that I can't live like that. I can't, I cannot obsessively check stuff. So I've been, I've been pretending that I'm living without Wi-Fi, except for like, I don't know, an hour a day. And, uh, my hour a day has to be on the computer. So like things that, because I use speech recognition software for a lot of what I do, I need the computer. I like even, even Siri. I mean, Siri really helps a lot. But it's not a it's not a panacea. I still have to like, God autocorrect and stuff like that. I, I'm sure you struggle with it. Uh, and, and so do I. So unplugging has become really kind of a thing for me around here. And to hear about Heather's trip and what it was like to literally not have Wi Fi for two weeks, would they survive? <laughs> and they did survive. In fact, they thrived, it, it forced them all to be together more in a much more present kind of way Uh, and I love this this quote I know I'm going to screw it up Heather and I'm sorry but one of my favorite things that you said was that your son I think was like but what if I you know what if I can't talk to my friends and they and they stop being my friends because I'm not checking in all the time and and Heather said if your friend you know can't stand not being in touch with you 24-7 then that person isn't really a friend and it doesn't that turn the whole thing on its head, this idea of like, oh, I've got to be accountable, I've got to be accountable. Well, you know, is a friend really a friend if they're like, hey, haven't seen you on Facebook for a long time or something like that? No, they're not. <laughs> they're not your friend, if that's the case. And to learn that lesson at 12 is so key and important. And like, why are we friends with people? Right? Why are we, why Why do we have People that we just feel like they're family, even when we are not in touch with them for a long time, we can we can jump right back in, and and that's so so important. So so that's something that that the Kempsky's really found was that you don't need Wi-Fi. In fact, it's better if you don't have it for short periods of time. Anyway, I mean, obviously, people need to get into their Wi-Fi and work and do things, but but to be able to unplug completely was was really super special for them. And then the third thing that we talked about, we, we had talked about this in our, in our earlier interview, which I know you just heard, but of course I haven't heard it for a couple of months, but we talked about, uh, they've done some amazing vacations. They've been to, um, I feel like it was Sweden or the Netherlands. They did a house exchange, a month long house exchange and, and just so cool. And so Heather was trying to decide like, what's our, what's our, what will our favorite vacation be kind of a thing after this RV? Like would this fit there. And, and what what she ended up saying was that she loves the new. So in the moment, and she loves she's really, really, this is so cool too, Heather, I love this about you. You spend your time in the present moment. You're not worrying about what happened in the past. And you're not wondering, you know, thinking only of tomorrow and, and not really living in today. And in fact, this quote from my psychologist, because of course, I'm not getting through this current relapse without a really, really good psychologist, people, please get yourselves a good psychologist. Um, They, they can help you so much if you are struggling. And right now, frankly, I've been struggling because of my relapse. So doctor, my doctor's quote was, and I love this so much. If you have one foot in tomorrow, and the other foot in yesterday, you end up pissing on today. I mean, think about that for a minute how true is that? Uh, I just love it. Um, and it's so, so true. So, so think about that. So Heather is saying that basically while they were on this vacation, they loved it. It was their favorite vacation ever. And she's, she can't pick one that's her favorite. Like she can't decide, is this, is this better than that one or whatever? In fact, it's almost a non-question for Heather because the, you know, It was a great vacation and it cannot be replicated as was the month that they spent overseas in Europe in somebody's home. Like they did this home swap thing, which I think is so cool. That was something that that was amazing and cannot be replicated. And, and, you know, every vacation in the future and everyone in the past is the same, the same kind of thing. So that living in the present is such a gift. And, uh, and it's not, it's not, I should say, it's not a gift that you just receive, right? It's a gift that you can cultivate. It's a gift you can give to yourself to, to stop worrying about yesterday uh, or feeling sad about things that happened yesterday. And uh, at the same time, worrying about what's going to come in the future. Live now, live now. I think that's what my friend Heather would say, live for the now. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it for this part. Um, it was such a great interview. And I really do hope to bring you at least a repeat of it with her. Um, My husband is upstairs as we speak trying to get the the actual interview off the the Zoom H5, like trying to kind of recover it, my data man. And so it's very possible that instead of hearing me now, you'll hear that which is much, much more worthwhile. But at least this way, you've got a sense of of how our second interview went. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of leave it there, I think. So hopefully, um, you know, you've had that kind of summer too, where you've been really just enjoying your, your family life and your, and your private time, your, your me time. Another favorite quote of mine from my friend Shannon from episode zero is my alone time is for your safety. And I, I just, (laughs) I love that. Thank you, Shannon, so much. And so, yeah, I'll leave it there. Um, we will uh, talk to you all soon. Hello, Laura. Oh, You're holding on to a fishing pole.
3: Yes, I've spent many summers like this. <laughs> <laughs> do you just wait for him to come back? <laughs> I used to fish with him, and then I caught a horrifyingly huge black pickerel and never again. But I'll, I'll do this job. Yep, yeah, yep. and I'll take the pictures. What kind of fish was that? It's a largemouth bass. A large mouth bass. <laughs> yes. That is. It was, it was huge!
0: Did you just stand in the water until you caught one?
3: Yeah, I was trying to different spots. I'm trying to find the ledge right now. Just hanging out at the ledge. There's a drop-off out there. So just out there,
0: yeah. there's
3: a ledge? Yeah, you have to get it out there and then kind of pop it off the bottom. And then they hit it as it drops back down.
0: This is my friend John and my friend Laura. Hi. Garrett, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm, I, I run, a, I do a podcast, okay. and um, so I just figured I we're going on summer. The podcast is going on, going to summer camp for July and August. So um, I'm trying to just get a little bit of like ambiance here. And I don't know the the site. I wish I'd have been recording when you actually caught it because there was this huge. Everybody's yelling dinner and stuff.
1: <laughs> it was really cool.
0: So just neat. And my husband will be real jealous because. He's not here catching largemouth bass, <laughs> no, I know. but, but that is, I think it's really cool. That, yeah. Do they stock it Do you
3: guys know? I know they stock one of the ponds here. I'm not sure if yeah, it's this sure. one or yeah. which one. Yeah. a lot of running around here, though. A lot of what? A lot of baitfish, minnows and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah that they'll, that the bigger fish will go for, right? right.
3: Yeah. Wow. Well,
0: do you guys have a summer memory you could share with me? I mean, if you want to get back in the water, go ahead. But. <laughs> he just made, it. he yeah. just made his memory. <laughs> he just, yeah, yeah. This was a big one, catching a gigantic largemouth bass like that. Do you have any good summer memories you want to share, Laura?
3: Um, you know, I heard you talking to Adele earlier, and I was thinking my favorite one was also when we went vacationing with our cousins up in Maine, and it was rainy, and it wasn't a great beach vacation, but we were in an old house, and... Um, decided to terrify our younger cousins and wrote this creepy letter from a ghost essentially and and dyed the paper with tea and crinkled it up and hid it and they found it and it, our the little cousins were like maybe 7 and 6 and they read it and they were terrified for the rest of the vacation and <laughs> oh it was the best God. vacation for us <laughs> That is awesome. And they still talk about it. And they still have no idea where this letter came from, you know, decades later. And we just never have revealed the secret.
0: Wow. (laughs) Oh, that's like such a gift that you gave them. I mean, they think it was like a real thing. Yeah. You know know what happened last night? Just in a a haunted sense. um, I was walking to the bathroom from my campsite. And I happened to be walking with Sam and Devin, who are both 15, I think. And the three of us are walking towards the bathroom. And we walked through a warm spot. Mm -hmm. Like... I've never felt that before. It was actually—I thought it was awesome. It, it was—they were like—but really it was a good feeling out. for me. It was a good feeling. So. The first thing that happened that was good was they were like, "What was that?" Oh, so because so I felt was it. Like, I was like, "Oh, yeah. I didn't. It wasn't. I wasn't alone in feeling this, right?" And um, and then they they were really creeped out about it. But but then what they did was they kept walking back and forth <laughs> <right>? <laughs> to establish
3: that it was like so still it must there. must have been a good feeling if they they were willing to go back. I, it was, I, it was I a hope friendly, so. friendly friendly mile spirit. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. And that actually
0: I. I kept thinking about that. Like I have a, if there are ghosts out there, which I think maybe there are, I don't think they're bad. Yeah. I think they're just the people that we love that are still with us.
3: Still coming around. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, anyway, I just,
0: I love that you did that, I think. So that's another part of summer, though, that I've really been thinking about, which is like the scary stories. You yeah. know, the fun, yeah. the creep, like wheelchair Marriott camp and yeah. stuff like that. And, and the,
3: the boys were all, you know, we had, I think, maybe seven, eight, nine-year-olds around the campfire last night trying to pull off a scary story, but it didn't quite happen. But they were scaring themselves, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. I'd love to, I would love to get a recording of that, <laughs> especially one that works where everybody's like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Well, Laura Garant, thank you very much. You're welcome. Being on my show, no
4: problem, Karen.
0: Well, I hope you've had a great summer, and thanks for letting me be a part of it. It means so much that you listen. If you want to give back, please share. Uh, post your favorite episode on Facebook, jump on iTunes and leave me a review. It means so much to me when you do this. And it also helps other parents just like you find the podcast. And finally, I want to just say a special thanks to our producer, the man who builds a great bonfire, 18-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.